into the contest. It's Friday the 28th of May. Welcome to our afternoon sport deep dive. I'm Tim Gilbert. I'm joined by my co-host Shane Lee. And Shane, you've got a big function this Friday. I do, mate. I'm off to a function just after this, mate. It's for the uh, the local rugby club, mate, the Seaforth Raiders. Mm-hmm. It's going to be a fantastic lunch, mate. I'm... Uh, I'm going to be interviewing the great all-black number 10, Andrew Mertens, Mark Gaznier and uh, and Steve Menzies are both coming along, so it should be fun. But they've, they've told me I can say what I want. It's a pretty loose function. <laughs> <laughs> There's going to be some trouble with that, I think. All right, this is a Friday. That means it's a fun day. We've got John Stephenson, former Olympian, with us. Also, Queensland comedian Shadwicker. So, Shane Brisbane, uh, Broncos fans, well, they, they had a reason to sort of believe last week, didn't they? They beat the Roosters, the Red, White and Bluesters, and it wasn't just because of all the sin binnings. They played particularly well. But last night, they were hopeless. They were, mate. Isn't it amazing what, what a few weeks can do? At the start of the season, everyone was bagging Kevin Walters, saying he changed his halves combination, I think, four or five times. Um, they have a great win, as you said, against the Roosters last week, and all of a sudden the Broncos think they're a chance to, to win the competition. Melbourne just too good. 40-12, to 12, absolutely smashed them. Um, took all the, all the ascendancy away from in the first half, and uh, Melbourne are the real deal, and... Uh, Unfortunately, the Broncos this year are not. What do you make of uh, the whole COVID situation flipping the AFL on its head again? And when I say what do you make of it, I want to ask you more from a sports perspective as a sports person yourself. Uh, You had times where, you know, things would change in an instant on a dime, like the, the 96 World Cup were going back a long time, but you guys boycotted that first game. What's it like when it's, uh, things are messed up um, in front of you as a sports person? Well, it's really, really hard because you, you plan to play certain matches in a certain way, um, and when things change, you have to change your whole preparation. It's not easy. So I really do feel for the, the current crop of sportsmen now who have to deal with this COVID issue you know, almost week in, week out. Uh, yeah, that 96 World Cup... Um, we were going to Sri Lanka and all of a sudden we had to pull out and then we weren't only going to play a game in Pakistan and then the most of them in India. So it's really, really tough. I think you've got to try and focus on on the job at hand. But yeah, when things start to move, just flights and you know your sleep and your, and your preparation is just disturbed. It's really, really tough. Yeah, it's a difficult time. We saw, you know, big squads of Richmond and Hawthorne fly to Melbourne with no real idea of what's going to happen next for them. So uh, uh, it's uh, it's a difficult one. It really is, and it's a worldwide issue. All right, it is Friday Fun Day. That means we have got Queensland comedian Shad Wicker breaking down all the things in rugby league. He's up next. Thank God it's Friday, Friday fun day, and that means Queensland comedian, a very funny, talented man. Shad Wicker, how are you, bud? Good morning, guys. I'm doing all right. I had uh, I had a rough week of gigs this week in Queensland. It's nice to come back down to earth after having a great run the week before. You know what I mean? What, why has it been rough? Oh, mate, I tell you what, it's Brisbane comedy, like I told you guys a few months back, a bit of a renaissance going really well, um, but this week was definitely... 
uh, a step backwards in good gigs. I went to a show. I don't think like both of you have hosted events before. Mm-hmm. Have you ever been to an event where the microphone batteries had not been changed before you got up on stage? <laughs> yes, I have. <laughs> I used to host the Okie Dokie Karaoke for 50 bucks and a beer voucher in Colburn. So it was almost you had to yell it out. But yeah, I've seen those issues. Mate, it was, I was in West End in uh, Brisbane, which for people that don't know is essentially like uh, our new town kind of area. So it's like real hipstery. Mm. So I was already going to be up against it. I'm in the back of a craft brewery. The entrance to the toilets was right next to me on stage. So like people are walking past me to go and do their business. And I don't know if you've ever had a joke go horribly wrong at a comedy gig, but it doesn't help when someone flushes a toilet at the end of your horrible punchline. <laughs> speaking about flushing the toilet, uh, Melbourne did that in the Broncos last night, 40 to 12. Mate, I love as well. Suncorp kind of packed out last night as well. It was almost a little bit of false hope from the Roosters game the week before, people were like, oh yeah, Melbourne's got some injuries. This is going to be fine. It's going to be at least a competitive game. We couldn't even score until the second half. <laughs> oh yeah, it was miserable, wasn't it? Nico Hines played well. They, look, they had, had no Munster, no Pappenhausen, uh, no Harry Grant, and and everyone's saying, oh no, Penrith's going to win the comp. Boy, oh boy, wait till what happens in September. Well, that's it because the like last time they played, it was that uh, was a kick out holding up the try pretty much on the buzzer to save that win, and no one's come close to Penrith since. And I, I'm of the same boat. I reckon I think I actually called this boys at the beginning of the year that these two teams would be the ones in the grand final again, and I did actually say that I think Penrith's hearts will break in the grand final again this year, and I stand by it. <laughs> yeah, well, I think you're right. We, we talked about that all year, haven't we? Will uh, Will Nathan Cleary get over the final hurdle? We'll wait and see on that one. Now, your father-in-law, he must be pretty upset at the moment. South, I think. Oh, the stepfather. Yeah. Stepfather, is it? Yeah, well, whoever he is, he's, he's not happy, is he? <laughs> Mate, he's, uh, his name's Graham. He's a fan of the podcast. He listens. He listens now. But I tell you what. Hello, I'm, Graham. I'm not far off having to ring Cairns local police station and put a missing person out. <laughs> really? He's been laying back on laying back on the couch. Mate, he was real loud when we got pumped by Penrith, but then he's gone real quiet. Real quiet, old Graham. <laughs> oh yeah, and Graham obviously is a, is a rabbit uh, through and through. They were they were terrible. It was like they it was like they pulled up at Bathurst and didn't follow on to Dubbo for the trip. Mixomatosis. <laughs> <laughs> I love that. They seem to be a side that can put forty on you, but then and if you put the first two tries on them, they just go to sleep for the rest of the game. Yeah, and I, and I, I don't think they've got the depth that everyone wants to make out that they have. And this whole idea of Adam Reynolds going to Brisbane, it was a head scratcher. I don't, I, I don't quite get that. It's going to be interesting to see how they finish if they get more injuries. I mean, they could just wobble their way. I wonder as well, like, because, uh, man, we did mention um, Nico Hines. Uh, we mm. mentioned the game. Nico Hines played absolutely unreal. Do you, like, do you reckon he's added, like, probably another 50 or 100K to his asking price around the league, surely? Like, he mm. was, if, if you're, and he's in it in Suncorp, you can't help but think that maybe Kevy's sitting there going, oh, he might be worth bringing up as well. Mm. Look, definitely, mate. Hey, just just quickly, um, I know you. I'm not sure about your your previous dating life, Shad, and I know Timmy's a real gentleman. But have you ever dumped anyone by text message? George Williams has been dumped by the Raiders by text message. Mate, I remember my, one of my first girlfriends dumped me by text. Oh, actually, to be honest, I was probably okay with with it. To be honest, I was growing up in Musbrook at the time, and her dad was not a fan of me and was a giant front rower. So I was kind of like, "This is probably the best way to do it." To be honest, she she, she probably had no teeth anyway, so it's probably a good thing. Oh, Musbrook, <laughs> come on! But uh, what did you think of that whole George Williams affair? I um, I'm, I, it's a funny one, isn't it? Because 
where his management going around and saying that he wanted to be near the beach when he was kind of saying that it was a more of a mental health thing. And if it is mental mm. health, I'm like, yeah, for sure. You know, I mean, you don't want to trivialize it in sport, but taking all that away from it, Ricky's love for UK players has really cost the Canberra Raiders some money, hasn't it? <laughs> like, and I can understand the logic, you know what I mean? Like UK, horrible weather, pretty shit place to live. Canberra, horrible weather, pretty shit place to live. You think that they're just going to come and live in Canberra and love it. But it's just proving that it's quite hard to make people want to stay in Canberra. That's what I'm saying at the moment. You know, it's not really good for Canberra tourism. It's Yeah, it is a tough place. It's bloody cold down there and uh, particularly in the middle of the winter. Now, places where it's not very cold, mate, uh, Queensland. Is the origin coming up to Queensland now for the whole three of them? I hope so, mate. You know, it got a, it got a shout out in our, um, you know how they do the mm. state parliament question time? Yeah. Yeah. Yeah, mate, it was full of here-heres over the weekend. No opposition's in there. That, that was uh, it's just Anastasia going, you know what, we'd be happy to have it up here in Brisbane. You've got everyone just cheering away. I wonder, I mean, you might know this, Tim, uh, whose mm. turn is it supposed to be if Melbourne wasn't taking it? Because obviously it used to be, you know, two in two in Brisbane, then the next year two in, in New South Wales in Sydney. Yeah, we've almost lost track of that because there is a template now where that third game is going to go to a neutral territory and I think that that's going to always happen from here on. Obviously, we had Adelaide last year, we had Perth the year before. What I think may happen, this is only my gut feel listening to Andrew Abdo yesterday, is that they may bring Sydney or Brisbane forward and take a punt on putting Melbourne back to game three and think that the, you know, the COVID situation may clear up. At least it gives them some thinking time. So, yeah, but there's no way in the world that we could even possibly give uh, Brisbane two games. Uh, I reckon we shouldn't even give Brisbane one. I reckon we should play all three games in Sydney. And just by the way, for the people of Canberra, I love Canberra. Great golf courses, great food, great fires. Someone's got a corporate gig he's trying to get down there. That's what's going on. I love everywhere. I love the one-way street, the roundabout. It's my favourite thing ever. (laughs) It's a memory. Hey, Shad, um, your your Warriors are looking all right. Mate, we're making a good little run, aren't we? Who would have thought? I'm not going to lie. When Nathan Brown took over the club, I was like, this is going to be three years of him just gutting the place like he tends Mm. to do. You know what I mean? Like he goes into a place, he clears out everyone, and then the next person comes in and hopefully has has some success. Although the Knights are going down the Google at the moment, but mm. um, I've I've been really impressed. The only problem I've got is, and then I guess it's a good problem to have, but you seem to have two really good fullbacks. One who's probably one of the best going around in the game at the moment, and another who could very well become one of the best. And it seems like we don't quite know how to play them with mm. Walsh and RTS. So I'm. Don't, I'm Intrigued to see what's going to happen this weekend. Surely we should beat the Cowboys because they are a little bit of a rabble as well. But like us, we're all trying to get in at eight. It's going to be exciting. I think this eight, like this last spot yeah, at the top eight this year, because there's yeah. kind of such a chasm from there to the rest of the comp. I still haven't quite worked out as we wrap this up. Why, why do you go for the Warriors again? Is, is, is there a Have I missed something? Um, oh, well, the, the story is it's a little bit convoluted, but I used to be an North Sydney Bears fan. And then obviously they got kicked out of the comp when I was at the ripe age of like six years old and I cried. <laughs> but we, um, the Warriors were one of the teams that got let into the comp after the Super League. So my stepdad, Graham, was actually like, well, why don't you go for the Warriors? Because you were born in Tonga and we know a few players and stuff. And I was like, yeah, I love Ali Lauatiti. There you go. I was like, they're going for the Warriors. Sweet, eh, bro? <laughs> <laughs> and with that, we will say, see you later. <laughs> Thanks. See you, Chad. Thanks, mate. Coming up on Afternoon Sport, it is John Stephenson, former Olympian, of course, is with us real soon.
John O'Brien is a legend of Australia's beer industry. In 2003, he dreamed of producing a great tasting beer that could be enjoyed by everyone, free from the ill effects of mass-produced wheat and barley. John began a brewing journey blending unique aromas and flavours offered by ancient grains such as sorghum and millet. He perfected recipes over time which have led to 40 local and international awards, including three gold medals at the Australian International Beer Awards, a gold medal at the Indies and a silver medal at the Beer World Cup. Proudly 100% Aussie-owned, made in Ballarat, O'Brien Beer is Australia's most awarded gluten-free beer and widely available around Australia through major retailers and online at rebellionbrewing.com.au. O'Brien Beer, the beer that loves you back. Well, 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 it is Friday, fun day, celebration day, and what an appropriate day because our next guest, former Olympian, of course, Olympic silver medalist, Commonwealth gold medalist, he went to world championships, he's done it all in athletics, and ladies and gentlemen, recently engaged, uh, <sighs> applause, and John, John Stephenson, you really rushed into it, mate, 11 and a half years, three kids, are you sure you've done the right thing? See, I did my due diligence in this one. It came up all <laughs> it came up all clear. So uh, yes, yes, this did happen, and um, and I'm a I'm a spoken for man, which is uh, yeah, I, yeah, it's it's really changed my life. <laughs> I, I thought you were going to wait until you're eligible to get your superannuation. Anyway, we we digress, we digress, but but well done. I love you. Congratulations, and to you and Sarah and all all the gang. No, that's that's a genuine heartfelt uh, uh, message there. Uh, now let's let's go from there. We'll we'll change tack quite severely and talk boxing. Justice Hooney. Um, so many people want him to whack Paul Gallon. It's, it's crazy, isn't it? Is, is, is that just a sign of what where the Australian mentality is when it comes to sports stars that are just having a go? Gallon is summation. I was, hey man, I, I've never made any secret that I'm in to make some money. I love my fighting. I'm giving it a, a crack, and I'm having a go. Since when do we just smash somebody that's actually having a go? That's actually doing more for boxing now than what, unfortunately, most boxers can do because of his profile. We saw Justice last night. Now, <laughs> the fighter he fought, Christian, so <laughs> mate, he took more hits than the Beatles, I'm telling you. He did a bit of Elton John, though, didn't he? His arm's still standing, and he went the whole way. But he just, Justice threw everything but the kitchen sink at the kid, and he, and he just stood there, took everything. So, Gail said, look, I've, I've got his measure. I know how to beat Justice now, but I still think it's going to be a, a long night for Gal, I do think six two-minute round saves Gal. I, I do think that helps him out a lot. But uh, Justice is the future of that heavyweight division. He's fast. He's slick. He's got very good boxing skills. We saw it on show last night. And uh, I just – I think I still – really question his schedule and, and having so many fights before the Olympic Games. I mean, he always wanted to be Olympian, always wanted to be Olympic gold medalist. And I think all the great boxers um, around the world who have, who have become Olympic gold medalists, like Oscar De La Hoya and, and co, um, really set them up for their pro career, you know. So, and then there's been some infamous ones like like uh, like like Floyd Mayweather, who should have won the gold medal that 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 didn't. So, you know, it's that's a very prestigious title winning the gold medal in the boxing. But um, but yeah, Justice has got a promising future. I think this fight is building up really nicely between him and Gallon, and I'm looking forward to it. Oh, look, I, I get you with the have a go because I'm with you in that camp, and I like Paul. But I just wonder whether the actual messaging that I want to 
for the money is counterintuitive when it comes to the Australian public. I think I don't think but I don't think Australians like it if you just want the money. Well, we've got to change. We've got to change tack with that now. I mean, at the end of the day, he's in the hurt sport, which you can get severely. You can get severely hurt boxing. It's no secret that boxers make a lot of money, and he's seen the avenue. He's a sportsman. He was a, he was a very good athlete. Did a lot of great things in rugby league, and he's he's saying, look. Every fighter, every boxer thinks he's jumping in there just for the love of getting punched in the head. You've got to be dreaming. There's a prize at the end of it, like Floyd Mayweather never hit. Floyd Mayweather said, I'm a prize fighter. I fight for prizes. There's no secret that people have a lust for this blood sport, which means that these people that are in the middle of this, let's call it, Coliseum of fighting, they're getting paid for for them putting their lives at risk. So I think, Mm. I think. Gallon is at least speaking the truth and not trying to sell us a dream saying that he's doing it for the love. No, he's doing it because he's going to get paid handsomely and he's good at it. So, hey, keep going. Yeah, it wasn't me saying it. I was just tossing it out as, as devil's advocate. Anyway, let's move on. Next subject. What about Daniel Ricciardo? All this talk of, you know, the king of Monaco. I tell you what, he was. The, he, he really didn't do well. I'm not, I don't want to quickly change you, but you, you've seen Phil Mickelson win um, a major on the weekend and he's had some real tough tumultuous times you know through his golfing career this could be the same for daniel ricardo there's there's no doubt that in within the pit lane that people know daniel is one of the best drivers in in the pit lane but he's battling i, I mean switching teams it's not just about um, your driving ability in race cars. And, and I do it at a very, very novice level. I mean, there's so much that goes into you being successful. So when you see your Lewis Hamiltons, even though he's got a great car, there's still the team behind him, team chemistry, the team he puts around himself, how he trains, how he practices, knowing the circuits. There's so much that goes. And the more you disrupt that all the time, the harder for you to get consistency. And I think we're seeing that with Daniel. And it's a shame because... Again, those naysayers are going to jump on and start to have a dig. Mm. Again, he's going to have to read this. Again, unfortunately, within our society in Australia, it's quite pessimistic. When, when you're down, people don't miss you. I reckon he's gone. I reckon he's gone. Oh, you need to stop. He, he's Daniel Ricciardo is so far from gone. If you put him in Lewis Hamilton's Mercedes, he'll win every Grand Prix. That is a fact. It's just that, like I said, he hasn't got consistency. He's moved from team to team. He's trying to build chemistry. He's got a great young kid in Lando Norris now, absolutely kicking butt. That's got to be playing with your Daniel Ricciardo, Lewis Hamilton. Anytime you've got your team member giving you an ass whipping every time you jump in the car, that's got to be weighing him down. I just think you've got to give him time. we just got to keep our fingers crossed, keep believing in Daniel. I reckon he can get there. What I love there was that you knew I was just trying to get you to bite. You knew I was just jeeing you up. But you didn't bite. Of course he's not gone. And he might just win the next Grand Prix. Uh, Ian Chesterman, the chef de mission of uh, the Australian team, has come out and said that all the athletes, all the Australian athletes, will be vaccinated before the Tokyo Games. Um, what do you make of all of that? Honestly, how long have we got? Because, like, what are we living in a communist country now? Like, what's going on here? Like, uh, my views, honestly, are so against this vaccination and this mandatory vaccines. Um, I think if I was an Olympic, I wouldn't be going. I just tell them to get stuffed. I, I don't think they can make those sort of health decisions for me when it comes to the Olympic Games. I know the Paralympic Committee came out and they made a very firm stance that saying if you're not vaccinated, you're not going to the Games. And I think they're trying to follow suit with this. There's a bigger social responsibility piece going on than just the Olympics and getting vaccinated. There's there's so much to this than just putting all this pressure now on these Olympians who've got enough pressure to now make these life choices, which has got F4 to do with sport. This has got to do with virtues and, and sort of what 
morality that you live with in your life, in your own private domain. Now they're controlling your own private life now as an athlete. I think that's freaking ridiculous, to be honest with you. So completely against it, and I'm really looking forward to watching this space. It's got a lot of prongs to it, that discussion, and we are we are in the middle of a pandemic. But um, John, John, congratulations. I'll see you next week. I love you, brother. Likewise. See you, John. That's it for Afternoon Sport today. We'll be with you Monday to Friday every week. Follow us on your podcast app so you don't miss it. A big thank you today to Chad Wicker, John Stephenson, and our wonderful sponsors. Yeah, www.spartansportshq.com. And our great producer, Dan McHugh. We'll be back on Monday afternoon with your daily dose of sports news. Have a great weekend. See you then, guys. Take care.